Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. All right, the Bills win a shootout with Seattle 44-34. They're 7-2. That's the first time, Nick, since 1993. I mean, you look at the AFC East standings, it, it feels like the early 90s when the Patriots were terrible and the Bills were fending off the Dolphins every year for the division title and then losing in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's it, it's like a throwback. Yeah, literally, Ryan, it's the last, their five best records, their five best starts to the season after nine weeks over the past 30 years where there are four Super Bowl runs and this year. So that's pretty incredible. It is. There's no doubt about that. It is. And, uh, and Josh Allen goes off 415 yards, three touchdowns, rushing score. And I found out on the Bills wire about, uh, you know, his grandmother passing away hours before the game. Right. And I don't know why. I, for me, I'm a sucker for those kind of stories in sports. Uh, we saw it with Brett Favre years ago. I don't think Bills fans will give a crap about this, but Isaiah Thomas with the Celtics, you know, his sister kind of tragically died. And then like a day later or a couple days later, he has this like unbelievable playoff performance, like 50 points. So the stories like that kind of get me. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen, he outplayed the best quarterback in football, I think, in, in Russell Wilson. He did in this ball game to help carry the Bills to victory for sure. I kind of like that little story. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, of course, thoughts and prayers with the Allen family. That's, you know, tough, tough loss always is. It sounds like they were close. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, it... <laughs> Hey, if it's fuel to the fire, we'll take it. But um, yeah, no, it certainly certainly just kind of shows the guy's character. Shows like Josh Allen's got some got some character that he wants to be out there with his guys. And uh, it, it, the, the post game uh, breakdown, if you will, um, you know, Sean McDermott uh, had Allen come in and break down the, the huddle in the locker room. You could tell that Allen was pretty emotional about it, and you know, of course, the family reasons. But you got to be emotional after the family reasons combined with 415 yards. Ooh. Tying his career high, which of course was earlier this season, and four touchdowns. I mean, damn, what a game for the kid! He's awesome, and you know, it's bringing up a, that talk show point, that that MVP chatter. I mean, we're only we're, we're going into week ten. So the MVP talks are going to heat up, right? And Josh Allen was right there in the mix of the MVP talks early in the year. He kind of fell off a little bit as the Bills kind of grinded out some close wins, lost a couple ball games. And, uh, but now he's going to be back after outplaying and outdueling Russell Wilson. But this is kind of a weaselly question, Nick. I'm going to admit that 100%. This is kind of like a talk show kind of question. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what we do here. So I'm, I'm just going to ask you the question. If, who would you rather have as your starting quarterback right now? Would it be Josh Allen or Russell Wilson? If you could plug him into the Buffalo Bills, which one would you rather have? Ooh, it's so tough. So tough. I don't know. I mean, you want to say Russ a, a little bit. The guy, both guys have legs. Both guys have an arm. And really, it's a neck and neck race because last year, I think Russell Wilson and Josh Allen, don't quote me on this. I think it was like 
five or six game-winning drives. I know they tied for the league lead in game-winning drives yep, last yep. year. So uh, it's neck and neck, but the tip of the cap for yeah, a little bit more experience on the young Allen. But I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with it, either answer, you, right? You can. And Allen looks so freaking good. And I actually think like, okay, on the face of it, if we're talking MVP, even though Allen just uh, eviscerated that Seahawks defense, and I want to talk about that here coming up, and, and you got to give some kudos to Brian Dable as well for that. Even with that head-to-head victory, I still you still got to give the MVP edge to Wilson, right? He's Wilson's thrown 28 touchdown passes already. Allen's got 19. You know, Wilson's got him in completion percentage, yards per game. Seahawks are the number two seed in the in the NFC. Bills are the number three in the AFC. So it's still hard to uh, it's still hard to say like, oh, Josh Allen's you know a, a better MVP candidate than Russell Wilson. But I think if I had to pick a quarterback for the Bills, I said it before. I love the fit. I just think like Allen fits that the Buffalo thing, the Buffalo the Bills mafia thing. I think he just kind of fits. I don't think I'd want a different quarterback if I if I had, if I could choose. Yeah, no, he's definitely a Buffalo guy, and I mean, uh, really, the incredible thing that we've seen throughout this week, which I'm surprised we 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 forgot to to bring this up already, is uh, as of this morning, um, in the Buffalo fan base, the Bills Mafia, they 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 always get that uh, uh, national recognition for smashing tables for doing things of that sort. They uh, they they do they think of the donations. Andy Dalton is the name I was, I was searching for him ahead. You know, they donated so much money to his foundation because he simply won a football game for that. Well, they did the same thing with Allen. Uh, you know, after. After the news was dropped about what happened with his in his personal life, Children's Hospital in Buffalo is is receiving a bunch of seventeen dollar donations. Of course, uh, seventeen dollars is Allen's number, and they've already surpassed I think two hundred thousand dollars in donations and a day and a half uh, since this kind of trend has happened in Buffalo to donate in memory of Alan's uh, grandmother, Patricia. It's just incredible how how much these two sides gravitated, you know, towards each other. So the Bills, they really did. They embarrassed the Seahawks in this game. They did, offensively at least. And the defense made some plays too. Nick and I will break down the game a little bit more here coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit up, start up. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Hi, I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 10 of the fantasy football season. This one might be a no-brainer, but coming off of his bye, Jared Goff versus the Seattle Seahawks. Just about everybody is a must-start against Seattle's defense. Even if you remove five rushing touchdowns against Seattle by quarterbacks, no team has given up more than the 372.5 yards per game allowed by this team. The blueprint is clear on how to beat Seattle. Pass and pass a lot. Washington running back J.D. McKissick goes to the Detroit Lions, his former employer from the 2019 season. He knows the defense well and has practiced against it extensively. McKissick benefits from Alex Smith taking over for Kyle Allen as the quarterback in Washington. It's no fluke that he played so well in the last couple games, and he faces a defense that has given up the most yards per game to the position via the pass. Look for another double-digit day in PPR scoring for McKissick. Going back to the Seattle-Los Angeles matchup, David Moore of the Seahawks, it's hard to get away from him. The level of defensive scrutiny paid towards DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett has more finding the end zone with surprising regularity. He has scored consecutive games and has four touchdowns in the last five outings. The only problem is when he's bad, he's so bad that he shouldn't even be anywhere near a fantasy lineup. That said, with all of the attention paid to the star receivers around him, Moore is worth playing in fantasy football action in Week 10. Another guy with an inconsistent target share is Titan 
Trey Burton of the Indianapolis Colts. He faces the Tennessee Titans, a defense that's given up five touchdowns to the position in eight games, including two over the last four weeks. In the recent window, three guys have posted at least 11 PPR points, and all three of those guys had six pass receptions. Even if he doesn't find the end zone, there's a pretty good chance that he's relevant in fantasy. Gamers could do worse, especially if they've lost somebody like Zach Ertz or George Kittle to injury. For more fantasy football news, tips, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick, I saw this crazy stat. Buffalo's 44 points against Seattle. That's the most that Pete Carroll's Seahawks has allowed in his entire tenure. He's been there for 11 years. So the, the once feared Carroll defense, suddenly they can't cover anybody, right? We kind of talked about that last week. They just can't cover. But kudos to uh, Brian Dayball and... Josh Allen in that offense for just carving them up from the very beginning of the game. That first drive, they just went right down the field, didn't look hard at all, and they did it over and over and over again. You know, there's a lot of chatter out there about the coaching mismatch in this game, how the Bills coaching staff from, you know, the top to bottom really outcoached the Seahawks. What'd you see from Brian Dayball and kind of what they were doing offensively to just freaking carve them up left and right? Just everything right, uh, I guess. Uh, as, as simple and as cliche as that sounds, the only time I thought the Bills had a bad sequence of offense debatably at the end of the half the Bills missed a field goal attempt that was 61 yards because there's a second left on the clock and they said the hell with that throw the kid out there and see if he can kick yeah, it 61 yards and to, to Tyler Bass's credit uh they didn't there wasn't a return on this kick he kicked the ball 61 yards he just missed the uprights uh on that play Allen was sacked for like a one yard loss or something you know maybe if he got another yard or two Bass could have got it that's not really the question was on Brian Dable uh the only other time that maybe in question the play calling for the bills along the goal line in the third quarter right at the beginning of the second half jerry hughes uh had his uh strip sack of uh russell wilson knocked the ball out of his hand uh the bills had a short field and they kind of gabriel davis had a i want to say 34 or 39 yard catch on the sideline right to the one yard line it looked like on the replay that he should have scored but uh that's you know here and there now the bills on the goal line just went aware. I mean, Devin Singletary got a carry, which was blown up. Uh, They threw a screen pass to John Brown, which lost like five yards and kind of seemed, you know, why would you do that? And they kicked the field goal and that kind of gave the Seahawks a little momentum. They went on to score some points and there's a little gray area there. Kind of it's, it's, you know, as we talked last week, Ryan, about the Patriots, you know, there's a thing in the back of your head as a Bills fan. There's there's those little things and the third quarter is another one of those little things where are we going to do this third quarter thing again or we got to stink we let the other team get back and they did a little bit but other than that i mean brian dable he definitely got himself back into as you every time uh i give you the call here ryan folks should know that i always have uh you know Stephen a on the background here get up espn in the morning i always listen and greg mcelroy again the analyst on espn said uh you know, Brian Dable, he might be a candidate for the Jets job, so he might not be going, uh, might not be going anywhere far if uh, if he does get a head coaching look because he's uh, certainly just, um, you know, a lot of things, a lot, a lot of things. Even you can tell analytically, like not running the ball all the time on first downs, like a lot of teams do. You never see the goal line fades. Like Bruce Arians has the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady, and out of four out of 
half of the plays, four plays on the goal line. And, and you can tell I'm mad here, Ryan, because I picked the over in this game. And, and your old boy, Tom Brady, really screwed me over on that. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but on four times, four chances on the goal line, they threw two goal line fades. You never see the Bills throw a goal line fade because it's the stupidest playing football. But you got, got you know, the, the highly touted Bruce Arians throwing it two goal line fades. And anyways, I'm getting off track. But yeah, you see just so much, so much, so much good from Brian Dayball um, recently. Bills. Those who had to, those who actually suffered through that Monday night football game last night, it's just like, man, uh, would you would you want to coach the Jets, this pathetic, embarrassing organization that literally tried to lose against the Patriots? And I don't know if we'll have time to talk about that, but we could get to it at, at some point. The Jets tried to lose with all their might, and they succeeded because the Patriots were so bad on Monday <laughs> night that they should have lost. The Patriots should have lost, and the Jets made sure they did everything they could to get to 0-9 and continue to be in that number one spot. Embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing. But uh, back to the Bills and the Seahawks. I think the Bills are kind of getting some of their swagger back on defense. They made some plays in this game. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Definitely got a little bit of their, their swagger back, as you will, especially, um, you know, the, there, was, there was a lot of good, and Really, and we talked a lot about uh, Brian Dable there, and, you know, I went on my whole I'm pissed at Tom Brady thing. Um, it always comes back there, to TB12. It always comes back to him. It always does, doesn't it? Yeah. But um, it's, uh, uh, kudos to, you know, um, Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, the Bills def- defensive coordinator. The Seahawks, uh, is by far, have the worst passing defense in the NFL, so... What do the Bills do in this one? Uh, you know, our one of our things to watch for last week was um, Josh Allen's going to throw the damn ball because this secondary is terrible. And that's what they did. They didn't overthink it. They didn't try to get cute with the running backs. You know, you saw their win against the Patriots where uh, it was 50-mile-an-hour win, so they had to run the ball, and maybe the running game got some momentum, but the Bills did not overthink this one. They went they uh, passed the ball that they should on defense. Uh, they were down to their third string running back, uh, DJ Dallas. And it, it, it was clear, kind of clear that the bills, they were going to pass the ball, be ready for it. And they kind of changed, seem to change things up a little bit there. You know, it's all 22 Tuesday today, but I like to look at stuff on Monday. Maybe I'll take a look again, but it seemed like the bills switched to putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback a little bit more. And, Instead of having their linebackers cover tight ends, they kind of had their safeties do it a little bit more and put some a little bit more weight on the shoulders or a little bit more responsibility on the shoulders of their secondary, which is, you know, they have a good secondary, so why not? It was a huge W. The Seahawks are a really good team. I think they entered the week as a, the number one seed in the NFC, and, and the Bills knock them off, and they're 7-2, and two, and they're right in that number three spot in the AFC, and I think that's a good spot to be. And they get a really fun game here coming up against the Cardinals. So Nick and I will start talking about that and where the Bills kind of stand in this playoff pitch in the AFC. We'll do that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark, as always, to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 10 Monday Night Football game between the Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears. The Vikings are two-and-a-half-point road favorites, minus 115 odds. Bears, minus 106 to cover plus 2.5 at home. Over-under of 44-and-a-half, minus 110 odds on either side of that. Jeff, Vikings coming off a couple of great performances. Are they back on track? And the Chicago Bears, can they bounce back from an ugly loss against the Tennessee Titans last week? Oh, I think they're going to bounce back. This is a great spot for the Bears getting points at home. Kirk Cousins is 0-3 straight up and against the spread versus Chicago since joining the Minnesota Vikings. And they've done a really good job bottling up Dalvin Cook. He's played against the Bears 
uh, in three games. He's got 47 touches with 140 total yards and one touchdown in those three games. And Kirk Cousins, we all know how he struggles in Monday Night Football. Um, he's got an 0-9 record in Monday Night Football. Give me the Bears plus points. I'm on the Vikings. They're back to three and five on the year. A couple of big divisional wins against Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions last two weeks. They make it three in a row. Delvin Cook is right there in the MVP race. Vikings minus two and a half. They win by three. Subscribe to Bet Slippin' Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Nick, I was talking about the Bills being in that number three spot. The Steelers uh, played a pathetic ball game, and I picked them in my survivor pool. So I I was on the edge of my seat just swearing into oblivion as the uh, Steelers tried to lose to uh, Garrett Gilbert and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. They tried (laughs) with all their might, but they couldn't do it, and they won somehow. So the Steelers are uh, 8-0. Chiefs are 8-1. And even though the Bills are are only a game or a half game back in some of those cases against those teams, I just don't – I think they're going to be hard to catch, the Steelers and the Chiefs. They both have kind of – easy schedules and I think the Bills we're going to see them go maybe like 12 and 4 something like that and that's going to be a good record I think they're going to be right I think being in that number 3 spot is a kind of a good place for them. And I think that's that's where they're setting up to be. And I think you end up probably facing a team like the Raiders or Dolphins or Browns or Colts or someone like this, whoever ends up being that sixth seed. I think that's who you end up going. I think that's a good that's a good little place to be at home in that wild card round against one of those teams. So I like the Bills in that three spot. I think the game plan now is to hold on to it. You know, don't fall to number four. I think getting up to number two or, or, or number one is going to be a, a big ask considering where the Steelers and Chiefs are. But number three, I kind of like them there. Yeah, no, that's, that's probably a good, uh, I mean, a good guess on uh, on uh, where the Bills could end up. I mean, it's kind of almost, uh, I don't want to say that it's the easy answer there or anything by you, Ryan, but it makes a lot of sense. I mean, look at the, the you're talking about the Steelers who are the only unblemished team in the, in the entire NFL right now. Uh, a little bit of a COVID scare going on this morning, but I think I just saw as we were talking that, so, you know, of course, the, the big, big piece of that is going to be Ben Roethlisberger landing on the COVID list, but it was also announced that uh, it's a, the contact tracing they do. I know the players right, are wearing right. those like wristband, wrist watches, so it's just a precautionary thing. They'll most likely be playing next weekend. They're playing the Bengals, so it's, it's hard to see where they're going to slip up. Are they? To go undefeated uh i don't know i mean the bills will probably even give them a big test yeah, I, the bills beat i don't think they're going undefeated you know, but they have an easy tough. they have an easier schedule though the steelers but i don't think they're going undefeated i think they're gonna i mean we saw this week they're definitely every single game for a steelers fan is like down to the wire play down to the competition or play up to the competition like they'll play the ravens right down to the wire and then they'll play the freaking dallas cowboys who have their like fourth quarterback out there all the way down to the wire and, and need a last-minute drive yeah. to win. That, that's the Steelers' experience, man. I cannot imagine being a fan of them because that is just like, that's every week. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And at, the, at the same time, you know, I see, you know, the Bills play the the, Patri- or the Bills play the Steelers. They do play the Patriots again, though. Um, but uh, they play the Steelers, and the Steelers are probably going to be favored in that one, and that's a game that maybe Bills fans can see them losing. But, I mean, I'm still always – the NFL is such – the one thing that a lot of fans and, you know, a lot of talking heads on TV never keep into uh, focus is that uh, this is a week-to-week league. I think the Bills will probably drop a game, maybe. I mean, that Dolphins game in Week 17 is looking uh, pretty tasty right now as uh, 
maybe a game that's flexed into some prime time or something fun. like that. We'll uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's like a week to week league. So I don't know if the Bills are gonna. I don't think they're gonna win out or anything. I don't think the Steelers are gonna win out. I don't think the Bills are gonna win every game that they should win. It just it always happens that way in the NFL. But uh, that's what that's really what makes it such a such a popular sport, though. To be honest, no, no doubt. And what a, what a treat we just saw Josh Allen against Russell Wilson. I think it was a, it ended up being a close game. But let's let's be honest, the Bills kind of took it to him and blew them out. You get up fourteen nothing in an NFL game, it's really hard to win. Uh, so give the give the Bills all the I think they got up seventeen nothing actually. So give all the credit in the world to the Bills. Uh, you know they they blew out the Seahawks really. I mean ten point spread. It was more than that. But then now we get to see Josh Allen and the Bills go up against uh, this Arizona team, which is uh, five and three. Right? They're they're up in the NFC race, and it's Kyler Murray, and he's been putting on a show. They got DeAndre Hopkins. Like they got all kinds of good players. Like this is kind of feels similar to the Seahawks game. It's a it's a really interesting matchup between the Bills and the Cardinals. What's your leadoff thought on that? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be. Honestly, another back-to-back game, back-to-back games against what a lot of us call the best division in football right now. Um, you know, the NFC West is no doubt. Um, even even the lowly 49ers yeah. who have everyone injured just you know somehow you know are hanging around, which really just kind of I guess puts the focus on the Jets of how are you so bad when the 49ers have everybody on their roster injured and still get wins. Well, they're trying, they're trying to lose, Nick. That's the difference. The Jets are trying. to Yeah, lose. at this point they got to be trying to lose. Oh, um, no, they are. But so yeah, it's 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 another um, another excellent uh, matchup for the Bills here. Excellent uh, uh, bar that they could um, they could hopefully surpass or raise the bar a little bit here because uh, you, we're going to get a similar, I mean, not to not to just, you know, point out again the easiest thing, but um, I'll give the shout out to our, our friends over at Pro Football Focus. I mean, Kyler Murray is one quarterback when he can stand in the pocket and do what he wants, and he's another when he is not doing that. So I expect to see something pretty similar from at least the Bills on defense uh, against this team uh, coming up. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. That's a tough ask to beat the Seahawks and the Cardinals back-to-back, but the Bills are for real. I think they're a good team. They're 7 and freaking 2. Like I said, what a throwback. It's like the early 90s. Early 90s. Bills. The Bills and Dolphins going for the division title, and the Patriots freaking suck. Oh my God! What? Oh, it's like the Twilight Zone, Nick. I, I really don't know, but I'm still obviously I'm still smarting from watching that Monday night game. The Patriots had no business winning that game, and I do hate the Jets with a passion. I don't know. I, I just don't know what I'm watching, but uh, it is interesting to see this AFC playoff picture. No Patriots in sight, and they're, they're done. And uh, the Bills, Bills seven and two. So uh, a win over the Cardinals, man. We're talking eight and two, and uh, that's, that's just sweet. So should be interesting, my man. Have a great week. All right. Yes, sir, Ryan. It should be uh, another tough test, as we mentioned, against uh, the NFC West here um it's going to be interesting especially because the bills are going all the way out west this time instead of hosting the west coast team but uh you know seven and two sounds good ryan but uh eight and two sounds uh, even tastier so we'll see where we're at in a week from now could be good eating next week on the bills wire podcast join us next time this usa today sports podcast has been presented by usa today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.